This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the program with a unique focus on helping Canadians avoid probate. The one thing everyone should know about probate is that it's not inevitable. With some planning and good advice, you can avoid the exhausting, expensive and time-consuming probate process and have your affairs settled quickly and privately. Speaking of good advice, here are your hosts of Avoid Probate. Good morning, Zoomer listeners. Welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. I'm glad you're here. I'm Jason Laidler here with my world-famous co-host, Ted Walsh. And good morning, Ted. How are you today? Happy Pickle Day, my friend. Pickles. Today in the United States, this is a salute to our neighbors to the south. Mm. It is National Pickle Day. Really? Um, yes, yes. Last week, and, and you, you and I missed it, we were supposed to uh, get together last uh, a week ago Wednesday. It was uh, National Sandwich Day. And we somehow messed that up. So I, I probably, let's not mess up. It's National probably safe to day. say I had a sandwich that day. Cause yeah, I, probably. I, I usually do. Yeah, uh, for lunch. But, you you uh, like pickles? I know. I was going to say I noticed. I don't see any pickles in your hand over there. You came in. Uh, I'm here to work, not to eat. Okay. Do I like pickles? I'm one of these guys who hates dill, but what I do mean? like. The sweet pickle, bread and butter pickles. I like bread and butter pickles. I love dill pickles as well. I like the sour, I like the, the the regular as well. But you know what I like? Do you, do you like vodka? Not really. You don't like vodka? Not no. Never got a thing. Never. Oh, because if you take the juice from a jar of pickles uh-huh. and mix it uh, with a shot of vodka, come on, frozen vodka. Like a, not, yeah. it doesn't really freeze. You yeah, just put it yeah. in the freezer. Yeah, no, seriously. You like vodka because you're Ukrainian. Well, I mean, it's that, garlic, it's it's our national flower. (laughs) I thought you were going to say it's our national drink. (laughs) That that would be true, too. Before we offend every Ukrainian listener. No, uh, we're not offending anybody. (laughs) Well, why? Well, I mean, garlic and vodka, they're both legal. They're both okay. Isn't it tasteless? Like, I'm not saying I don't like it. No, it's not. No, it's not completely tasteless, no. Okay. Well, so I don't really know what I'm talking about. but But it's easy. It's probably the easiest alcohol on your system. Yeah, but this is because it doesn't contain the sugars. What do you like, rye, rum? I don't drink hard alcohol except for a scotch. Okay, well, scotch scotch can be a little moment. Can be hard on your system, yeah. And I I like a not if you drink the good stuff. I like an occasional scotch as well, but but it's um, vodka's a clearer. It's 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 easier on the system, Um, and it mixes with everything, including, of course, as I mentioned, pickle juice. Well, speaking of pickle juice, I have the luxury of enjoying homemade sweet pickles. Um, my stepdad makes uh, from his parents uh, an old recipe, uh, bright green inside. They, they, it takes like two weeks to make these things. They go in this big ceramic, I don't know, earthenware pot mm-hmm. that's like three feet high. Yeah. And they sit there with a lid on it, and then they're really, really green and crispy and yummy. And oh, not, that sounds good. Not, yeah, my mother good. used to make um, mustard pickles. My mother, unfortunately, has passed. But so now my sister-in-law. Took it upon herself to make a batch. Never heard of mustard pickles. Mustard pickles. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> if you like mustard, okay. do you have if any? you like pickles. Can you bring me some? I can. You know what? I'm, I'm going to hit her up for a few more jars. So if I do, if if she makes a whole, a whole okay. batch, 
I will bring you some. All right, we'll do a pickle swap. Yeah. I can do that. That sounds good. I'll scoop a jar. I think we should we should <laughs> rent a parking lot like at, uh, at the Rogers Center. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, uh, it's a bit of an odd introduction uh, this week. To you the think? Avoid, to the Avoid Probate Show. Um, wasn't expecting that. Um, but I, I, but how many people do you think right now are, are having breakfast, having their coffee and, and their toast? And now they're thinking about pickles? Have now gone <laughs> for, for a hit of a, a but, nice... Uh, but hold on. I mean, just not, not to extend this segment, although that's what I'm about to do. Yeah. You're assuming that pickles are cucumbers. And I'm here to tell you that uh, I know people in the States who pickle a lot of other things besides oh, cucumbers. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So pickled corn, pickled whatever, including, believe it or not... Uh, extended family in North Carolina pickled meat in a jar. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so it doesn't have to be pickles. Well, pickled beets. I love pickled beets. Yes, beets is another. That's a another U- Ukrainian staple. Oh, that's right, borscht. borscht. Yes. Yeah, love it. And I we think have an expression cheap like borscht. Beets are a superfood, I believe. And they're they're very. Do you like beets? Love beets. Well, for good. Mm-hmm. Well, I could work on, on getting beets for you as well. Let's do that, too. We could do... Uh... You're making me hungry, Ted. You're making me hungry. <laughs> anyway, listeners, uh, sorry about that, but welcome to the Avoid Probate Show. We're glad you're here to join you know, us on this beautiful Sunday. And, and here it is. It's like, uh, what is it, middle of November now? And I was going to say, before we go to the break, uh, the, our first break, I did peek ahead, and I'm, I, was sh- <laughs> I was shocked to see that after today, and I realized it's early in the day, uh, listeners, you got the whole Sunday ahead of you, including the rest of this hour, where I hope you're going to learn something about probate. We are going to talk about probate uh, before the hour is over, of course. But after this day, as in, you know, tomorrow, there will only be five Sundays left before Christmas. <laughs> five. Yeah. It's going to go so fast. I'd start jarring your pickles now and use them as gifts. <laughs> I think to the way I tied that in. I think you're too late. Uh, the you know farmers. But you know, are... but, but you raise a good point. Um, in addition to the fact that, that you know we're, I mean, everything's passing so quickly. Mm. But but it's just uh, you're coming up to the end of the year. A lot of people like to get their finances together by the end of the year. Yes, and 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 if probate is one of those things, then, yes. then I would suggest that you get a hold of Jason, and uh, and get moving on it because, as you know, as we start getting into the month of December, once you get into the first couple of weeks or so of December, things start getting really busy. It becomes more and more difficult to accomplish things because more and more people yeah. are shutting down work early, and and that's why I mentioned the Sundays because people are planning family dinners. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, I, I would assume that happens on a Sunday. It's safe to say uh, a good chunk of our listenership are retired individuals. So I guess it doesn't matter what day they have the family dinner. But if they're having their kids and the grandkids over, for the most part, I guess it's got to be a weekend. And if there's only five Sundays left, well, better get planning if you haven't already done so. And to your point, Ted, about end of year planning, mm-hmm. I mean, as you know, New Year's resolutions are, are common, are, you know, leading up to New Year, shocking, mm-hmm. and uh, often that involves financial planning uh, goals of some kind. But the other thing I wanted to say is that with regard to the end of the year, in terms of finances, there really aren't a lot of um, deadlines that people need to worry about uh, in terms of the calendar year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, are, There's a couple. One has to do with education savings plans, which, again, won't apply to uh, most of our listeners, unless there's a situation where grandma and grandpa want to make a Well, and, and I did that for, yeah, uh, for my granddaughter. And, and that's very common. And I, by the way, I think that's a fantastic Christmas present. It is. Because what do you give, you know, the eight-year-old who's got everything they want already, 
including like, you know, two iPads and a smartphone. And It's also a lot easier. My granddaughter is two years old. And I mean, what, what do I buy her? Exactly. Do I run out and buy her a doll? So the RESP, Registered Education Savings Plan Contribution, yeah. automatically gets a 20% bump by the government, right? That's the, the beauty behind the plan is the government's encouraging people to save for their child's education or grandchild's education, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. The other uh, deadline, and we can facilitate that, by the way. At the Remember, we're regular financial advising experts here who specialize in dealing with probate. Right. So we can handle the rifts, and that's what I was going to get to next because the other deadline, this one is important. If you are 71, if you turned 71 this year, you must convert your RSP before the year is over or you have a big tax problem. And we can definitely help you with that too. And I've talked before about, you know, most of the time people convert the RSP to a RIF. It's not the only option. It is by far the most popular option. But the clock's ticking. If you haven't converted your RSP yet before the end of this calendar year, I urge you to call me or call some advisor and uh, get that ball rolling. Right. We'll take a break and we'll come back. We've got a whole bunch of stuff from uh, the the mailbag that we haven't had a chance to get to in the last few weeks. So we're going to uh, dig in and dive into the mailbag. A whole whack. Right away. Stay with us right here on the Avoid Probate Show on Zoomer Radio. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Let me take a moment to tell you about my friends at Helenda's, the meat people. I've been a big, big fan of theirs for years now, and without a doubt, they make some of the best sausage in Ontario. They are multiple award winners, having captured the Ontario's finest meat competition's coveted award of excellence on three separate occasions, in addition to dozens of individual product awards. Helenda's has also received the Grand Champion Ribbon at the past two Royal Winter Fairs ready-to-eat meat snack competition. So whether you're preparing a charcuterie board or a full-blown sit-down dinner for your friends or family, you'll find Helenda's award-winning products at fine meat shops throughout the province, now including selected Metro, Sobeys, Fortino's, and Foodland stores, along with their seven Helenda's locations. Their barbecued kielbasa, my favorite. Fresh bun, horseradish, it's out of this world. But don't just take my word for it, judge for yourself. On your barbecue, in your kitchen, or straight from the fridge, Helenda's, the way sausage should taste. <coughs> Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember... Insert your name. And we're heartbroken because... Insert your name. ...did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of... Insert your name. ...have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoid probate.ca. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back. You're listening to the Avoid Probate Show. Ted Walsh in here. Jason Laidler there. Hello. And he'd be the person that you need to contact during the course of the week, and you can do so by uh, emailing info at avoidprobate.ca, toll-free 1-844-667-7628. We're going to the mailbag because we've got lots of mail we haven't gotten to in the last few weeks because we've been too busy. That's right. I was going to say that to um, you know regular listeners. And by the way, Ted, I, I get calls... 
almost every day from people saying that they are regular listeners, and I will say thank you for that. So um, I think the listenership is growing, and I'm happy to hear that. But anyway, regular listeners will know that uh, we do this thing called the mailbag normally at the end of the show, and it's it's been a little bit neglected the last few shows. We get so busy, especially when there's a guest in here, mm-hmm. and we want to take advantage of the fact that there is a guest in here because these are experts that we bring in to talk about their area of expertise. So you know, while they're here, we want to take advantage of that. Right. And usually that uh, creeps into the mailbag segment. Well, speaking of creeping into the mailbag segment, segment I'll get to it. Um, it's going to be a bit of a hodgepodge. I'm warning you right now because, well, that's what the mailbag looks like, right? People call in with different thoughts and comments and et cetera and, and, and issues, different issues. Mm-hmm. Okay, starting off here, I think this is a bit of a sensitive topic, but uh, and, and we kind of talked about this a little bit off air. In, in two days, back-to-back two days, I got two different calls mm-hmm. from two different women about the same sort of uh, concern, same sort of issue, and it has to do with um, uh, family history and tradition in the family in terms of mom and dad passing on the estate normally to the eldest boy. Mm. Okay, so I'm trying to be delicate when I, when I describe this situation. I will say... There were there were two different. Can I use the word ethnici- ethnicity? Well, customs, sure. Ethnicity, yeah, easy to say, sort of. So they weren't from the same country. Let's put it that way. Okay, they're both of European descent. The women that I'm talking to, who are calling, you know, on behalf of um, their parents, right? Or and or to complain about a sibling, an older brother. So let me just, okay, I'm going to refer to my notes here real quick because they're slightly different. Well, they're slightly different, but they, they're very common. And then I've got um, some expert material that uh, refers to these situations. So in the one case, okay, so mom lives in the GTA. Oh, the daughter's never seen the will. The brother will not share the will. So the daughter just really doesn't know what's going on. And we're talking about adult adult yeah. people here, of course. In this case... The one daughter doesn't know what the will says. A mom's still alive, by the way, in this case. And the daughter's concerned that uh, it's all going to the older boy, and, and she doesn't know. And in the other case, uh, four kids. The brother is the executor. In this case, the daughter is actually ex- ex- um, complaining and, and predicting a, uh, about abuse. She thinks it's an abusive situation in this case. Mom's being taken advantage of. I don't know to what extent. I don't know if it's you know, just mental abuse. I don't think there's physical abuse, but it's it's what we call power of attorney abuse, POA abuse. That's a thing. And I told this lady um, it's being taken more and more seriously. Power of attorney abuse is being taken more seriously every day. Local police departments are setting up specific uh, units just to deal with what we call POA abuse, and the banks are getting uh, more sensitive to it as well. And if they suspect that there's something fishy that a power of attorney is doing, uh, they will raise a red flag as well. Remember, the power of attorney, when you're acting as a power of attorney for your mom or dad or anybody, I guess, for that matter, the idea is you're always, always acting in the best interest of that person. So Mm -hmm. even though it gives you access to mom's account, you can't just go clear out the account because you want to take a trip to... uh, the Maldives or, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? You have to be acting in the best interest of the account. So in the second case, mom is at home. Uh, the daughter thinks they're going to need to sell the home. It's falling into a disrepair. There's a tenant in the home, and the tenant's elderly. Mom's 90. The sister has called the police several times already on the brother. 
to uh, report issues and concerns and potential abuse and worried about the safety of mom. So what's relevant here? Well, I found an article called um, Testamentary Freedom, The Case of the Racist Will. That's what this article is called. And I'm going to read parts of it here because it's it's relative uh, to these stories and it's an Ontario situation. The Ontario Court of Appeal recently ruled that a will was valid even though the testator disinherited one of his daughters for what appeared to be racially motivated reasons. I can name the case because it's a, it's a public, it's in the public domain right now. Spence versus the Bank of Montreal Trust Company. The testator, Mr. Spence, had two children. We'll call one V and one Sam, both girls. After their parents separated, V lived with her father and Sam lived with her mother. V had a good relationship with her father for many years, living with him for these years in between. Doesn't matter what the years were. The relationship changed at some point when V told her father, who is black, that she was pregnant and that the father of her child was white. Mr. Spence restricted his communications and contact with V after that time and never met V's son. Mr. Spence made a will, subsequently, expressly excluding V from his estate. Instead, Mr. Spence left the majority of his estate to the other daughter, Sam, and her children. Clause 5-C of this will reads as follows. I specifically bequeath nothing to my daughter, V, as she has had no communication with me for several years and has shown no interest in me as her father. V brought this application for a declaration that the will was void due to, one, the plain language of the will, two, uncontested extrinsic extrinsic evidence supporting her assertion that she was disinherited for racist reasons contrary to public policy. That's important. The application judge held that on its face, the will did not offend public policy, but that it did offend public policy against discrimination on racial grounds given the, quote, uncontradicted and clear extrinsic evidence. So the will was set aside in its entirety. When the will gets set aside, that means it's like there's no will at all. And if there's no will at all, then the estate, we've talked about this on past shows, the estate um, falls to the rules, the default rules that the province has in place for people who pass without a will. And that would include all the, all the children. And so that was the point she was trying to get at here. Now, however, the Court of Appeal, it was appealed, allowed the estate trustee's appeal, finding that judicial interference with Mr. Spence's testamentary freedom was not warranted in this case. And i got to spend a few more minutes on this to talk about testamentary freedom. It's so important, this concept. We've never talked about it on the show before. I'm sure of that. The court in Spence emphasized the importance of the principle of, of testamentary freedom, stating that a testator's freedom to distribute his or her property as he or or she chooses, is a deeply entrenched common law principle. Sure. Now get this. No one, including the spouse or children of a testator, is entitled to receive anything under a testator's will. Does that surprise you? Yes and no. Okay. I bet you it surprises a lot of our listeners. Mm -hmm. I can say it one more time. No one, including the spouse or children of a testator, is entitled to receive anything under a testator's will. Subject to legislation that imposes obligations on the testator. So the Supreme Court of Canada also recognizes the importance of a testamentary autonomy 
and it should not be interfered with lightly, but only so far as the law requires. I think we'll leave it at that. Um, I want to jump over to this, well, with regard to testamentary freedom. So what happened in this case was that his will was upheld, and uh, he did not have to give, he had no legal obligation to give his daughter any money. Uh, The will did not offend public policy, and there's no foundation for public policy-driven review. Yeah. So she got, V got nothing. Right. And I bet you that comes as as a surprise to a lot of people who just assumed the kids were entitled. I bet you it comes with a lot of surprises to the kids who assume that they're entitled. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm, glad, I'm glad you added that part, actually, Ted, because I think it's also worth um, referencing the two case examples in, in the last part of this um, article. Uh, again, this is public information. It's McCorkle versus McCorkle Estate. Uh, in this case, the testator left the residue of his estate to a neo-Nazi organization in the U.S. Yeah. The implementation of the testator's intentions would have facilitated the financing of hate crimes contrary to Canada's criminal and human rights laws. The organization was an unworthy heir as it was as it was dedicated to illegal and discriminatory ends. So that was um, grounds to um, set that will aside or set those wishes aside. And la- the other case that they cite as an example refers to the Peach Estate, Peach, P-E-A-C-H. In this Nova Scotia case, the testator's will directed that his property be sold to an Anglican or Presbyterian. And uh, getting to the bottom line here, you can't uh, discriminate in respect of the purchase or sale of real property on account of religion. So this was a human rights argument which was successful. So those cases were tossed. That's unbelievable. Like, Don't sell this unless it goes to an Anglican or a Presbyterian. (laughs) First of all, why would you give it? Why would you care if you're dead? Sorry, sorry, I shouldn't laugh. Uh, a lot of people are very serious about their. Religion I understand that, but I mean, uh, it, but it's it, that to me is foolish to say the least. So, getting back to the other point about not being able to see the will, you know, I get this call on a regular basis. Um, I'm looking at an article now called "The Executor Will Not Show the Will to the Family." So, what does that mean? Um, executors who refuse to show family members the will of the deceased are a common source of frustration. Did I say that right? The will of the deceased. Right. Often the executor, executor should show the will to family members, even to family members who are not beneficiaries, to clear the air and proactively prevent disputes. Uh, if the executor refuses to provide it, or as often the case, simply does not respond to reasonable requests, the issue becomes how can you force the executor to disclose the contents. So, to answer your question, Ted, um, family members and beneficiaries do not have a blanket right to see or receive a copy of the will. Beneficiaries, let's be clear about that. Okay, so there's no blanket right, but beneficiaries are um, required. That's the wrong word. They do have a, a right Beneficiaries have a right to see the portion of the will that applies to them. But if you want to see the will prior to somebody's death, you don't know that you're going to be a beneficiary. Perhaps, yeah. So then you could go to the to the executor and say, I want to see this will. And they say, well, you know, no. Yeah, but if it's prior to someone's death, I mean, if it's if it's your mom, you can ask your mom to see the will. Yeah. Right? The executor is not involved prior to the death. But No, that's true. But... But you're right. Uh, you can always ask, and I got many. Uh, if your parent is mentally incapacitated, yes. you can't ask that question, right? Or you might not be able to even get a, an answer to right. begin with, right? So those were two calls. It just struck me that they came. 
I'm sure they came within uh, 30 hours of each other, and they were so similar. And it caught me off guard, really, because I'm not in that. I'm not in that category. I'm not in that demographic. But a lot of people in the GTA are still, yeah. where they think, "Hey, this is call it old fashioned." I don't know. Maybe that's offensive to people. Just call, call it tradition, I guess, right? And this tradition is still uh, alive and well today in the GTA. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe the rules are going to change about it. Um, time will tell. But okay. That's that's mailbag item number one. I promise the rest of them. We'll look at those in a few minutes when we get right back from this quick break. Top up your tier coffee. We'll be right back. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. My name is Marilyn, and I avoided probate. Our story begins when Marilyn paid a visit to her mom's bank. She noticed something odd. She had 100% of her money tied up in GICs, making 1%. It wasn't enough to sustain her. She was dipping into her capital big time. Marilyn wanted to disperse the money for her mom's needs as she ages. She had acquired power of attorney. No, you can't do anything with her accounts. They're in her name. And that was that. I was overwhelmed by everything. I didn't know what to do. That's when Jason from avoidprobate.ca stepped in. There was a sense of urgency because Marilyn's mother is no spring chicken. This process takes time. And I didn't know how much time we had. He walked me through what I should do when I went to the bank, what I should say to them. Not only that, Jason went with Marilyn to the bank. They weren't happy that I was sitting across the table from them in the office and they knew that we were trying to move this money. But I knew that we had a right to do that and that it was the right thing to do. Persistence paid off and we got the transfer done in time. So many seniors have these GICs at the bank. They will be probated. They will be frozen. They're paying next to nothing. And they're locked in with maturity dates. It drives me crazy. I don't understand why anybody buys these things. There are much better options out there. And sometimes we can do this transfer at no cost to the account holder. Should you get in touch with avoidprobate.ca? Anybody who has non-registered accounts at the bank needs to look into the services we provide at avoidprobate.ca because, by definition, you can't put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at the bank. You can put a beneficiary on a non-registered account at an insurance company. The rules are different. I felt that the banks thought I was a thief, but Jason made me feel so much better. I know we've done the right thing. Call us at avoidprobate.ca on the toll-free number, but call us before your mom or dad passes away. That's when we can help you. Have the conversation with your parents and avoid probate like Marilyn did with avoidprobate.ca. Call 1-844-667-7628. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Welcome back. This is the Avoid Probate Show. I'm Ted Walsh and he's Jason Laidler. And the information that we provide in this program, you should know, is for general consumption only. It's not intended to provide particular legal or investment advice. Each situation is, in fact, different. So, if you have a legal or investment question, you should speak with a licensed expert, or of course, you can contact Jason, email info at avoidprobate.ca, telephone call, it is toll-free, 1-844-667-7628, Jason. Yep, thanks for that, Ted, as well. I want to remind the listeners, there. if you go to the website, if you happen to miss the show or you're uh, new to the show, and, and I hear that too from uh, a lot of callers that, you know, that caught your show for the first time last week, which is great. I remind them it's on every Sunday morning, of course. And if you've missed an episode, those are available on the website. The website address, um, Ted mentioned, avoidprobate.ca. That happens to be the website address. That's 
by design, of course. And right on the landing page, there's a button that says click here for past episodes. Click that button and you can listen to any of the past episodes you may have missed or something you want to hear again. Mm -hmm. And there's a fun little probate calculator on the website somewhere as well that will let you estimate what the probate fees might be in your case uh, or your mom's case. If you punch in the numbers and it'll show you what those probate fees can be. And they can be... uh, They'd be significant. They can be twenty grand or more, especially mm-hmm. when there's a property uh, involved in the picture. And a lot of people say to me, oh, I'm, really? i got to probate my house, too? And they're surprised to hear that for some reason. And I say, yes, unless, of course, you take advantage of the tool we talked about, I think it was October 3rd show, when we had Andrew Monroe in here talking about the use of a bear trust, B-A-R-E. Uh, that's one way to avoid probate on the property, the home or the cottage or both. So, yep, okay, mailbag stuff. Um, this person called, oh, yeah, uh, we'll say it's Betty. It's not Betty. We always uh, change the names. So don't worry about uh, calling in and telling us your story. We, It's all anonymous if we uh, share some of your stories on the radio, which we love to do, and the listeners like to hear it. So Betty had a GIC portfolio. The listeners will know how I feel about GICs. But she, <laughs> Betty gets it, and, and she wants to uh, start... Wrap you know winding down the GIC portfolio because there are better options that we have available as uh, as the probate solution. The GIC at the bank for the most part it can be inside a TFSA, uh, which also doesn't make sense to me. But forget about that for a second. Most of them are non-registered GICs, which means you cannot have a beneficiary on it because you cannot have a beneficiary on any non-registered product or, or investment at the bank, including the checking account. I use that as an example for people who don't believe me. Um, so anyway, Betty's Betty gets it, and she started re, um, not renewing the GICs. That's important. I have seen situations where the banks will automatically renew the GIC without asking, so that's not cool. So make sure if there's a maturity date coming up and, and you have, you're uncertain, even if you're just uncertain about whether you want to renew it or not, mm-hmm. make sure the bank knows not to renew it. You can, if you want to renew it, you can renew it anytime you want, but if they go ahead and renew it for you, you're probably stuck. And this is what happened to Betty. So she told them, she goes, I want you to, I want to get out of this GIC. They charged her a 10% penalty to get out of the GIC. After they renewed it without asking her. I couldn't believe it. Uh huh. She asked me what the penalties are to cancel early. And I said, my understanding was, uh, and this is all I've ever known until she talked about this 10% penalty. My understanding was the penalty was foregone interest. So, I don't know, you, you, you're three years into a five-year GIC, it's paying, you know, 0.75%, which is almost nothing. Uh, you say to the bank, I want out of it. They're like, yeah, okay, fine, but then we're not going to give you any interest. Never mind the interest you would have got for the next year and a half. They're saying to you, no, we're not giving you one penny of interest if you cancel this GIC early. I say fine, because it was peanuts anyway. And mm-hmm. for me... Canceling that G- the GIC sooner than later and moving that money, we're let- letting one of our professional advisors move that money for you over the insurance company because you have to use a licensed advisor to do that. You can't do it yourself. But I don't care. Like, you know, the 200 bucks, if that's the penalty or whatever, like the fact that we're going to move this money sooner than later, that much sooner, a year and a half or whatever, we're going to move that money over to the insurance company, recreate a portfolio, perhaps with the guarantees that you were enjoying at the bank because that's an option as well. Maybe better rate of return, but not locking that money in because we never lock in our clients' money, mm-hmm. and that money will no longer be subject to probate. So, in my mind, 
the normal, what I call the normal penalty for cashing the GIC in early is well worth the price of admission yeah. to, you know, create a better situation for yourself. I, I just wanted to make the point I'd never heard of a 10% penalty before. I get the feeling sometimes the, the rules change. Um. <laughs> I don't want to think that that's true, but maybe you're right. I mean, I'd like to think that these are big institutions. These are big ships that have policies for everything, and, yeah. you know, they turn slowly. And I'd like to think it's not willy-nilly over okay. there. But but you wonder sometimes, and uh, it can be, especially we've talked about this, in terms of whether or not probate's required if the amount of uh, mom's estate is less than $50,000, and we've had many calls on this topic where the value of the estate is, is less than $50,000, and the bank is requiring probate. That's actually one of my, uh, one of my mailbag items. I've got to find it here. Here it is. This gentleman called. He's in Richmond Hill, and he, oh boy, he was furious on the phone. And, you know, lots of colorful language from this guy. Dad died recently, just last month. I'm just reading my notes. Um, all, all the accounts, okay, all the accounts were joint, plus there was a TFSA, which can't be joint, but the TFSA had a beneficiary on it. Um, I've said many times, I'm not in favor of joint accounts, but I know that it happens, and usually it happens because it's at the recommendation of the individual at the bank, because that's the best they can do to avoid the probate, because they can't put a beneficiary on it, like we can. So, anyway, I'm not getting into joint accounts right now, except I'll say they're evil. And if you want to know why, call me or email me, and I'll be happy to explain it to you. There is a better option. But in this situation, this guy in Richmond Hill, elderly gentleman, who, who like I said, dad just passed. So because the accounts were joint, they, they weren't probated. TFSA had a beneficiary. It wasn't probated. But there was also a small RIF. And uh, the RIF, for some reason, did not have a beneficiary on it. Uh, it can't be joint. You can't have a joint RIF. You can't have a joint uh, registered account, period. Um, so the bank is requiring probate on the small RIF. I'm trying to remember what he said the amount was. It I can't remember, and for some reason it's not in my notes, but it was well under the $50,000 cutoff. Anyway, he was fuming about the bank requiring him to probate it. He was going to go to the bank the very next day uh, to talk to somebody. I said I would call to follow up. I offered to go to the bank with him. I've done that before uh, more than once. It it can help, especially if a client isn't what we call you know financially sophisticated or savvy or not not sure you know what the lingo you know the bankers can throw this lingo out there and confuse people. It's mm-hmm. it's easy to do, so I'm happy to go with clients or prospects to the bank to make sure the message is clear. I can ask the questions they might not think to ask. And I did offer that service, but it depended on what his, uh, his um, experience was going to be the very next day. I don't know yet. I haven't been able to um, get him on the phone to find out. So that's that's pending. What else? I've got time for another one or two here before we have to go to another, another break. Another lady called me, also very angry, but she's not angry at the bank. She's angry at the lawyer. So this lady's uh, mother passed away this past June. This lady called from Ottawa, so... We are getting calls from right across the province. I think that's important to uh, share with the listeners. You know, you don't have to. Don't worry. If you don't live in Toronto, that's fine. Um, The radio station covers a big ground, and and word of mouth covers a bigger ground. So we're happy to help anybody in in the province of Ontario. doesn't matter where you live in the province of Ontario. This lady called from Ottawa. Mom um, enlisted the services of the lawyer to be the executor. 
mom who's passed away. Mm-hmm. So mom had two kids, two daughters. Right. So the daughters are, you know, scr- not scrambling, but uh, appealing to the lawyer for information. What's going on? Uh, or what's the status? Where, where's my inheritance? Et cetera, et cetera. And the lawyer is not being very cooperative because the client, it's, it's a bit of an unusual case because the beneficiary is not, um, not the client. The client is the deceased person who, enlisted, who retained the services of the law firm. Before she passed away, obviously. Right. And and this person who called me asked me to call the lawyer's office on her behalf, which I did. And I called there a little bit reluctantly because I just expected to get completely shut down. Like, who are you? What's your standing here in this case? You have no standing in this case. Go away and, and whistle Dixie somewhere else and, you know, we're not telling you anything for confidentiality reasons. I get that. However, I was pleasantly surprised. The law clerk I spoke with, uh, she did answer some of my questions. I said... I was calling on behalf of a family friend who's frustrated and confused, and I was able to find out, uh, which was one of the questions the caller had, that the probate process has been started. They didn't even know if the probate paperwork had been filed. Uh, they saw, they know that some money had been paid to the firm. They don't know how the money has been spent. They don't know if the firm needs more money. They just didn't know anything that was going on, and for some reason they couldn't get answers to their questions. Uh, part of that might have been their approach, I'll say that, um, I went in with a delicate approach because I'm a delicate kind of guy, Ted, mm, as you know. You are. Yeah. And it worked, sort of. I certainly got the answers to the main questions I wanted to get. They explained to me that the process, the probate process has begun. Now, this is in Ottawa. The backlog on, in, at the courts in Ottawa isn't quite as big as it is in the GTA. It's not quite the population as the GTA. They were telling me they were expecting a reply within a few months. I tell people when they ask the question... In the GTA, you know, I say 10 months. That's a, it's a rough number. It could be one or two fewer. It could be one or two. Well, it could be a lot longer if there's mm-hmm. complications. Um, the lawyer has to, by law, provide what's called an account to the beneficiaries. And this makes sense because if you're a beneficiary and I'm the executor, let's say, and I just say, here, Ted, here's your share of the estate. Well, you don't know if I you know, ripped you off by hundred grand or not. You don't know what happened. If I don't provide an account no. of the details of you know how it was processed, you don't know if you got your fair share. And that's why the law requires the executor to provide these accounts. And that's why I've, I, I keep saying being an executor in Ontario is no picnic. It's an onerous task. Now, remember, we're talking about a lawyer in this case who's used to doing this work on a daily basis. But for a lot of people, when they get named as an executor, it's a first, first-time experience. And talk about a steep learning curve. And uh, never mind the work that's involved, but there is liability as well. So if you get it wrong, you know, somebody could come after you for that. If, you, if, you, if the house sells on a fire sale or whatever, you're liable. You're on the hook. And that's why I've also mentioned before there is something You're called... You're scaring people away from becoming executive. I'm trying to. Well, somebody has to be, though. You know, hire a corporate executor. Pay, pay, pay the money, hire the corporate guys, the lawyers, or the corporate trustees who do this work on a daily basis. Because I, I really don't recommend it to anybody. Uh, well, but in this case, I mean, here was a lawyer who was not very forthcoming with information. That's true. But what I've said to this lady is... Hold tight. He has to give you if, – if the probate process is in limbo, they're waiting for a result from the courthouse. What can the guy say? He says, I'm waiting. He can say, papers have been filed. 
I'm waiting. And that's all he can tell this lady is, you know, hold tight. And I said that to her, too. She goes, well, I think he's going to scam us for like 100 grand. I said, maybe he is. I don't know. But if that's what happens, you have recourse. Right. You know, clearly, you can, you can follow up on that. But if this is a legit law firm that's been in business for any length of time, then you have to assume they're doing things the right way. Right. So, Okay. We will take a break and come back and uh, give you another quick uh, chunk of the mailbag when we return to the Avoid Probate Show on Zoomer Radio. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. This is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Well, let's head down to Kensington Market, my coolest, my favorite cool place is what I meant to say, in Toronto. And that's, of course, the home of Tom's Place, 190 Valdon. Tom Hollick, hello, sir. It's Black Friday sale on in preparation for Black Friday, which is at the end of this month. You, you know, Ted, we could not do it last year properly because our store was yeah. on a lockdown. Uh, for a change now, we're open and we're swinging, and, and we have some fabulous deals. We have lips and shirts on the main floor that we saw for $145. Now, we have a huge selection of selected lips and shirts, three of them for $145. I love those shirts. I, I have about five of them. Teddy, you have five of everything in the store. I've known you for so long, and you've been such a great friend. I, I, I really, really appreciate it. We have sport jackets now, hundreds of them, that are only $199 for our radio listeners. We have top coats at $249. We have wool trousers on the main floor starting at $65. 100% wool pants starting at $65. Amazing value. Yeah. And, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, please come in and take advantage of our Black Friday sale. And all you have to do, just mention the radio. You got it. Tom's Place, 190 Walden, at the heart of Kensington Market. Welcome back. You're listening to the Avoid Probate Show. Ted Wallace and Jason Laidler, and we've got time for one more quick letter from the mailbag. Okay, real quick. Um, and this is not a happy story, I'm afraid. And I've heard a few of these uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, more so, it seems, lately, uh, COVID-related um, estate planning issues. So this gentleman, we'll call him Henry. Not only did he lose both of his parents earlier this year due to COVID, he also lost his sister. Wow. Um due to COVID, and so he's the last uh, child. He was one of the two children. And what happened was uh, mom and dad, if I remember correctly, yeah, I'm checking my notes right now. I'm reading them as I speak here. Uh, The one died one day after the other died because um, mom was so upset to hear the news about her husband passing that she just gave it. She was already in the hospital fighting COVID at the time. They were both in the hospital. And then within 24 hours, she was also gone. The sister... Um, it was another 10 days before, only 10 days before the sister passed. Now, the sister has three children. And so what happens here, uh, what the, uh, Henry, I almost forgot his name. Henry is asking me, well, do I have to probate? Do I have to go through probate uh, for any of this? And the, the reality is, as far as I understand, from what I've been told by Henry, the sister's children are going to be the ones who inherit the kingdom because um, she inherited mom and mom and dad's kingdom first, and then she passed before she could 
Shoot, she got the entire state? She got the entire state. So Henry was just left out. He was court. left out. Uh, whether whether she was going to share it or not, I don't know the answer. Nah. Well, nobody will know the answer, I guess, going forward. Now it's up to the... And, oh, yeah, and I remember um, the be- the executor in this case is a is a cousin. And, and Henry's saying to me, the cousin's not doing anything about it, and I don't know what to do, and he's busy, and there's a condo, and there's a reverse mortgage on the condo. So the interest on the mortgage is going up, the condo fees still have to get paid, but once Henry f- realized he's not part of the equation anymore, he's like, well, I don't really care now. So, uh, sad story, but, oh, I also want to just throw in there, I said this because there's something called a common disaster clause, and I won't get into it today, but there is a common disaster clause which could have prevented the situation happening to Henry, if you're going to be talking to your lawyer anytime soon or reviewing your wills, ask about this common disaster clause. It can avoid this type of situation. We'll take a break and come back and wrap up the show. This is the Avoid Probate Show on Zoomer Radio. Learn more about avoiding probate at avoidprobate.ca or call 1-844-667-7628. Back with more Avoid Probate after this. Good afternoon, friends. We are gathered here to remember... Insert your name. And we're heartbroken because... Insert your name. ...did not avoid probate. So the loved ones of... Insert your name. ...have to wait a long time for what rightfully is theirs. I see I've made you cry. Recent changes in law make probate slower, more complicated, and more expensive. Don't make it harder for your loved ones. Avoidprobate.ca this is Avoid Probate on Zoomer Radio with Jason Laidler of avoidprobate.ca. Well, we're back, and it's about time for us to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, time we're, flies. We're pretty much out of time, but don't forget you can get in touch with Jason during the course of the week. Go to info at avoidprobate.ca, uh, or you can call him. It is a toll-free number, and that number is one. 844-667-7628. If you get a chance to tune in and check out my podcast, it is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHearts, and all kinds of other places. And if you're on Facebook, you can go to the Ted Walsham Podcast Facebook page. And it's excellent and makes very good listening. I'm enjoying uh, everyone on Ted that I've Thank heard you. so far. Thank you. Um, we don't normally talk about what's happening next week, but I will just throw it out there because we happen to know, because we have a special uh, guest coming in who's booked to talk about something we haven't talked about bef- on the show before, which is uh, the psychology involved in uh, what we talk about here on a weekly basis. The psychology of the money, the psychology of talking to the, your parents, the psychology of the parents talking to the kids. Just leave it at that for now, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to uh, say thank you to a few people. Thank you, of course, to Kelly for her excellent work behind the glass, as usual. Thanks to Ted Walshin for decades of radio excellence. Thank you to the, our Zoomer listeners for chiming in, or I should say listening in once again uh, this Sunday morning. I'm glad you're here. Please do chime in with your letters and phone calls. We appreciate those, and we'll try to respond to every single one of them. And have a happy National Pickle Day in the U.S. Yep. I'm going to go have a pickle right now. You do that, because I'm the one. You've been listening to an exclusive podcast of Avoid Probate with Jason Laidler. Heard every Sunday at 8 a.m. on Zoomer Radio.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.